Hello, Craig. Hello, Craig. <clears throat> and hello, hello. and hello, everyone listening. Um, welcome to a World of World of Your playtest. Or, well, eh, playtest is the brand we're keeping it. Uh, <laughs> the game's out. Like playtesting is kind of, kind of a moot point, but it's more so I find very fun people and bring them in for a cool one shot in the system. But I call them playtests because I need a label. Uh, today, I have some very cool people with me. They're going to be running through another one-shot from the winter book, The Frozen Throne. Um, as with all things in Wildervere, there's a Google Drive link that I'll put in the, the description of this. Um, that'll have that book, as well as everything I've written for it so far, because the entire game is free. Um, just, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, I think if you're listening to this, you know why you're here. So I'm going to let the um, really cool people I got with me today uh, take us out. Um, I'm going to go chat order if that's cool with everyone. And it's just the most convenient for me to just see the names, you know. So I'm going to start with Al. If you'd like to introduce yourself a little bit about what you do. Tell us a bit about your character. Sounds good. Thank you very much. My name is Al. I am a uh, fiction writer and um, also uh, do some social media stuff as well. And the character I am playing is a created. Let's see. His name is is sorry. His name is a perceptive echo, um, radical condor youth or Percy. Um, oh my god. <laughs> And he is, he's a created, so makes him, you know, kind of flesh and, and metal. Um, he loves to tinker, and he's always looking for a project. Okay, oh. and is Percy... Uh... Sorry, Percy, Percy and myself, both our pronouns are he, him. Okay, because that's always a question with the created, you know? Um, anyway, uh, Car. Hi, uh, I'm Car. She, her. Uh, I am in real life a test engineer, and um, for funsies, I do improv and dabble in voice acting. Um, and generally, I'm just a really great cheerleader for anybody in the TTRPG community that uh, wants to be my friend. Um, uh, my girlfriend, um, Nikki Halfling Nick on Twitter, is also a guildmaster. Um, with Emerald City Game Masters Guild and has some fun stuff going on with her. So you'll usually find me in the chat uh, cheering her along and anybody else that's having fun. Uh, I am playing today uh, Cyrene. She is a moon idolin, uh, she, her. And she was initially raised in the city but uh, her family took her out to visit her family on the coast who owns a scrapyard. And so she is a junker scrapyarder. Uh, she doesn't have a lot of land walking and talking friends. So she made a lot of friends with the sea creatures on her visits and is generally happiest uh, tinkering and figuring out things to do and what she can make from them out of stuff that she's got in the scrapyard, as well as finding new things to scrap. And, uh, you know, making making her living off of that, uh, trying to 
save herself and uh, her fish friends from anybody that tries to come for her scrapyard. Awesome. So we have two different Tinker characters. That's really interesting. I am excited for this. Pimo. <laughs> uh, Hi, um, I'm Pimo. Um, I make a paper craft terrain for uh, tabletop role-playing games, mainly yeah. well, only fantasy, uh, medieval fantasy ones right now. I might later go into sci-fi or something like that. Um, my pronouns are she, her, he, him, because I just discovered I'm fluid. And um, I'll be playing uh, Karina Ori, which is a priestess. Well, she was admitted into an order when she was very, very young. And from there, she was... Um, she was taught that she should be humble and serene all the time and you know she has this very slow way of talking because of this and um she recently was asked to be the main priestess but she feels like she's lacking a bit of connection with the nature and magic so she is set like she decided to get out of her comfort zone and try to discover if she is actually made to be the priestess of her order. And um yeah, her pronouns are she here as as well. Awesome. Uh and finally Rackham. Uh hello, I'm Rackham, the uh creator of Dungeons and Pop, a variety tabletop RPG or tabletop not RPG podcast. <laughs> And I'm going to be playing Bonesy, the Lich Bard. Or at least that's what I tell people because I'm a man of bones and I have a bone to pick with the bad musicians that have plagued my home in the underground. I haven't necessarily shown a um, skill with actual music, but I've managed to learn a few cheats by harnessing the wind to uh, make my music sound a little bit better than it really is. Gotcha. And also okay. for a oh, also for a man with no taste buds, I'm a rather decent cook. Nice. <laughs> uh. Okay. So. Oh my god! It just hit me that you could have like an accompanying wind section for like your music. <laughs> oh my god! The funny thing is, I just came up with that on the spot now. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> let me set a bit of the scene. For reasons that we can come up with together, you guys have joined up together. <clears throat> I imagine it was probably a bit more like Percy and Cyrene started the expedition uh, with Karina deciding, like, Oh, hey, these people are traveling. I need to travel. This works out. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> uh, but so you guys can take that. You can completely scrap that. Whatever. Uh, one way or another, your crew have ended up in a very interesting place in the world. Boulder itself has six city-states, very <clears throat> elemental magic-based in each one. Uh, 
You kind of know what you're getting into with those places, you know? If you enter Shardelia, you're expecting a lot of stone magic. If you're entering a Cindir, there's going to be fire magic everywhere. But because Wildevere is a big archipelago, there's always the chance of discovering new locations, which is the case today. There have been <clears throat> a large amount of people interested in an island in the very north of the archipelago known as the Valen Tundra. This is a very icy place with a laughably underserved map. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's the town of Ridgeport, which is the only known of town in the entirety of the tundra, and the rest of it is wilderness. Just wilderness and strange buildings and artifacts. If anyone would like, if anyone wanted to learn more about ancient civilizations, get in contact with strange magic, or, you know, find some sick ways to in, uh, <clears throat> invent heat-keeping devices in the cold, Valen is one a hell of a proving ground. And I think we can open on you all traveling into the wilderness, if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah we're <clears throat> So you have left the comforts of Richport. I'll tell you a little bit about it, but we won't be spending much time there. Uh, it's a very small town that only has a town hall, a lodge, a makeshift hospital, uh, of course a ski and winter sport uh, <clears throat> shop, because why wouldn't there be? And different kind researchers and people like that. Uh, they'd have absolutely warmed you up with a good night's sleep and some nice hot chocolate before you started on your trip, you know? Uh... You're probably all decked out in winter gear, thanks to those people. Um, and you're starting to enter into just the wilderness of the Valen Tundra. I will also give you another fun fact that for as long as you've been here, which is probably only a day or so, it seems that every night, lights seem to dance around the sky. Very Aurora Borealis, except it is a constant, not a once-in-a-blue-moon sort of thing, you know? Ooh, a mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two talks of Ridge in the town of Ridgeport. A group of people who are talking about how people have been seeming to search for a sort of a a long a long held myth of something in the ice, a creature of amazing magic, or other talk of the town involves a missing scientist who went into the tundras and has seemingly not come back. You're not too sure if you're hunting those specific things down. You can be once I, you know, give you all the reins. But, uh, that was more so just the whispers in town as you made your way out into the wilds, you know? Yeah. So, I'm going to stop talking. Uh, and I'm going to let you guys decide a little bit about what, what could have drawn you to this wilderness, uh, what you may be interested in here, and uh, what you're up to on this icy roadway, if you will.
Oh man, it is freezing out here. I don't know about you, Percy, but this has got to be worth it. Uh, this find is. I think. Uh, I think lots of discoveries to be made out here. Hmm. Uh, missing scientists kind of intrigues me a bit, but I'd also be curious to see what's in the ice. Well, maybe the missing scientists will figure out how I could unfreeze my bottom. I haven't felt it in days. Could, could be worse. Could be in sweltering and heat, and then our supplies will be um, uh, limited value. Bonesy says as he looks at his uh, bag of cooking supplies. Also, I'm even crankier when I'm dehydrated. <laughs> uh, Karina. I have an interesting proposition for you, actually. Do you mm -hmm. think you would have done your meditation attribute at any point before the start of this? Like, in your time in town, you know? Is this, like, a daily thing for Karina, or is this, like, a when they're in a place where they need it kind of thing? No, like, I think that, you know, every time she got some time for herself, she would try to meditate. Okay. Do you want to roll with that? So that way I could see maybe what you gleaned uh, in that time. All right. Just let me see what... Yes, so uh, just to verbally confirm, the rolling system here is a, everything is a d20, and if you have an attribute dice for it, you roll that dice on top of the d20. So like a d20 and a whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. So, one second. No worries. Okay, so it was a 25. That's really good. Okay. With a 25. Hmm. Okay. So, I'm going to say, and actually you guide me through this. What about this place would have been interesting to Karina? Like, what about the stories that you heard, the whispers in town, or just, like, the strangeness of this place in general? Is there anything she's focused on, or is there so, just... Uh -huh, sorry. Um, so I was thinking, um, you know, she is uh, exposed constantly to, you know, the wonders of nature and everything, like, animals, trees, and plants, like, animals and plants always, like, uh, like... Um, sorry, forgot the word. <laughs> like that's the problem of having two languages. Um, well, uh, she is very interested in animals and plants, so she um would always be like uh focusing on those things instead of you know trying to find the ma the magic of of the nature behind them, right? Yeah. So her. Train of thought was going to a place so, um, you know, that that lacked plants and animals would make her, well, would help her focus more on, you know, the very um, basic form of true nature magic. Ah, interesting. 
So that's kind of the focus as they try and do these meditations. Just like, <laughs> just the presence of magic in general. Uh, yeah, like the um, presence of nature magic, like in, in the earth. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So, 25, I'll give you this. You are probably a very well-learned person, <clears throat> especially about things of the natural order. Something like the lights, just always being in the night sky every day, something about it feels off to you. Not dangerous off, you know? <clears throat> Not a threat off, but just very much like there seems to be some other magical influence in this place. Not necessarily in conflict with nature magic. You'd almost pick up it's rather in harmony with it, but it's a second beacon of magic, in a way, you know? <clears throat> All magic on Wildervere stems from the world soul. All magic anywhere else you've been stems from the world soul. This is the one place in all of your travels where there seems to be two different sources of powerful magic. All right. And you can't quite pick up what that second one is, but you can, just through all your focus, you can tell that it's not a threat. You know what I mean? This isn't a looming danger. This is just something else that is just kind of here. You know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what you do with that information is up to you. Sure. So, hopping back to you all, it's probably a very... The sun is bright here in Valand, even though it's frozen over. And while it's very cold, you can see the way ahead, and thankfully, it's not a blizzardy day. Uh, <clears throat> is there anything you guys want to plan ahead for? I don't know. Is there something in particular you might be interested in trying to find? I know the map is purposely very vague, but there are those strange structures, you know? Is there just like, do you think you have a goal, or do you think the goal is explore and see what you run into? Just in character. Well, there's a lot of fun, cool things that are just not yet known around here. I'm kind of game for everything. Uh, but the more I can scrap and bring some stuff home to sell or play with, the happier I'm going to be. Percy has kind of a similar mindset. He has many possibilities. He's not so much for finding things and bringing them home, but, you know, he, he can sketch some things down and, and learn new information and possibly some designs. Gotcha. Gonzi is here for the experience because he's been told to write about what you know, and he really hasn't known much besides his time waking up in the underground. So he's hoping at least get a cool story out of this, something he can put to rhyme and finally get those vagabonds out of the underground. <laughs> gotcha. <clears throat> so, uh, I'm going to say you guys have traversed for a good bit of time, you know? And maybe for those of you who have them, stomachs are starting to growl, you know? And there's just sort of an immediate want of food and a place to rest your feet. 
but you are in the middle of the wilderness. <clears throat> so I think that'll be a good setup. And what, because I think that's mostly a Cyrene and Karina problem. Um, what are you two kind of going to do about this fact that you are hungry and a little bit at your walking limit for now? <laughs> Uh, I think uh, so long as we're near the coast, um, uh, I think actually I'm going to have um, Cyrene uh, see if she can communicate with uh, a, a fish or a narwhal or something to uh, bring her something to eat. She's not picky. Okay. Uh, Karina, what are you going to try? Are you, or are you going to talk to Serene about it? So, um, Karina is used to being, like, um, good, uh, traveling around and, um, finding things to eat, like, in her, in her way. Mm -hmm. But she is kind of, um, um, You know, she she kind of forgets where she is often. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Because <laughs> <laughs> like she's always deep in thought, she's always like thinking and like you know trying to understand the forces of nature. That uh, she sometimes forgets she, where she's standing. So yeah. for her, it's common to just be like, "Oh yes, uh, the nature will provide for us," and then look around and it's like, uh, "Oh no, this is this is not what I'm used to." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no bushes here. <laughs> exactly. I like no, um, go for it, go for it, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's so fine. So she is going to see um I'm sorry, what was your character's name, Car? Sirene. Sirene. So she's gonna be see Sirene being so like proactive about getting food. She's gonna be like, um, I, I'm I'm truly sorry about this, but would you please um help me also get some food because um I, I don't know how to get any around here. I'm I'm not from around here. Uh, I I think that is a bit obvious. Please, do you have a specific diet? Because like I just bring whatever the fish can get me. But like, you get seaweed if you're like a vegetarian, or just like eat plants and oh, um, uh, got some well, fish or some other things sometimes. If with the narwhal, it's like stabby stabs with the horns. Oh, okay. Um, no, um, well, I would rather have some plants if that's, you know, possible. I know it, it can be very difficult over here. And I go to talk to, uh, or Cyrene goes and talks to the animals, and she had a 17 on her roll. Okay, that's pretty good. That's all right. Um, how... Let's flavor this out a bit. What are you going to do? Are you just going to, like, Aquaman stand over a, a thing of water and wait? Or are you going to, like... What does that mean, like, beach process to the beasts of the sea? Um, so, yeah, she she just sort of speaks to the sea and the and the waves um, for for talking to the animals. She's sort of, sort of, like, hailing a friend, like, you know, waving to them on the side of the road to see who's passing by. Um, and, um, 
seeing what they what that uh, animal could uh, fetch for her. Um, if it's a larger sort of predator or type of animal, like then she'll accept like you know food coming from them, but she doesn't like ask for a fish to jump out and like beach itself for her food. Yeah, um, I guess. at the at the very least, she gets like kelp or something or seaweed from uh, like the smaller fish, but maybe the larger creatures might bring her another fish. I gotcha. So you got a seventeen. I'm going to say that there was some rather rather smaller fish, you know? But they heard your call, look, kind of looked you and the group up and down a little bit, and they went into the water, and you realize it's been a minute and they haven't come back. You can feel that they're still around, like you can sense that connection, but like they haven't dropped kelp yet, and it's been a minute, you know. All the while, uh, Bonesy and Percy, I'd like to imagine you two are just standing there, just kind of like confused as to why you've stopped, you know. And you just see Cyrene just shout at the water, and nothing has happened, and it's been a couple minutes. I feel like I feel like Bonesy is kind of watching this and kind of looking. Looks over. It's like a. Um, I mean, I, I I I could cook something. I got some cashews. I got some chicken. Oh, well, that would certainly be a lot faster than probably waiting to see if any of my friends can get me something. Come on. As soon as you say like that, could be faster one of the fish reappear and man you've chosen like the worst how do i put this kindly in a way that doesn't sound like i'm mad at you i'm I'm more mad at myself how do i make a fish point (laughs) is basically what i'm trying to get at is i was just like man fish have the worst anatomy for what i'm trying to pull off they they could squirt water yeah maybe yeah that it just kind of like squirts this ice water first at you and you feel this cold and it gets your attention and it sprays a little bit forward and you kind of meet your eyes with it and it starts like swimming forward and it seems like it's leading you somewhere okay uh i'll be right back um i'm gonna need that fire for warmth as well as cooking things. And um, she she sheds her coat and anything else that's like specifically to keep her warm. Uh, and is like all of her like, you know, first layer clothes are absolutely like, you know, like practically like skin suits for diving into water. So mm-hmm. she's always ready to enter the water. She's just very much acknowledging this is going to be a lot colder than she's used to. Yeah. Um, and she will go in and uh, swim and follow her her friend to where it would like to lead her. Okay. So cold. I'm like cold thinking about this. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I like. It's kind of funny to me that because Percy, you don't need to eat or anything like that. I imagine you're just kind of still going about your business, perhaps taking this time to maybe plan out some new things. You know. Yeah, and, and he would understand too. Like, is 
you know, being kind of around Cyrene. He's like, oh, okay, she, this is the time when she eats. So he's just going to kind of go to kind of do his own thing. You know, just yeah. kind of learn and sketch a little bit too. Maybe yeah. take notes and, and, you know, living among people, people, he also understands that nourishment and food is a necessity. Yes, it makes it, this makes sense, and you understand in such a harsh condition, it makes sense that it is scarce to find free food the way you might find it in town. You know? Uh, so, Serene, I'm not going to make you roll for swimming. You're literally a, like a mermaid person, so like it's fine. I will say, when the creature, when your little fish friend finally stops, it seems to spray up, and you kind of poke your head up out of the water a little bit, you know? And it's here you see what they were leading you to. It's a cabin. Stationary, a little bit in the distance. Smoke rising from a roaring fire in the chimney. That is not the seaweed I thought I was about to be led to. The fish just kind of all... The fish just kind of like shudders a little bit, almost as if it's trying to, like, hoist itself up, like, oh yeah, I brought you here, haha. <laughs> you know? Like, you th- you expected seaweed. You get so much better, haha. <laughs> you know? Uh, there's, like, a little way that um, is safe for uh, Cyrene to, like, pet fish. And basically, like, it, with the fish's consent, and uh, <laughs> in the way that it, it prefers to be shown physical affection, she, she rewards it for leading her um, to the to to apparently a warm place that also is more than just seaweed. Yep. So because you swam there, when you kind of get back on the land, you can see the little fire Bonesy and Percy and you had set up with uh Karina. And it's a bit of a ways, you know? Yeah. You just kind um... of see the smoke in the distance. Ooh, I think she is actually going to see if she can um, crawl out at the cabin and sort of investigate it. Worst case scenario, she jumps right back into the cold water very fast. Okay. Uh, are you trying to like stealth around or are you just walking on up? I want to sort of take in what it looks like if it continues to look like mostly a a cozy little like cottage Mm -hmm. I think Cyrene will probably just like walk up to it but if it looks like it's like the intro to like some horror movie with like a ridiculous number of like weapons and and grisly scenes I think I might be a little more stealthy gotcha so Yes, the cabins. Once you get closer, you will see that this is a two-story cabin raised up on a slight platform. Uh, around it are creatures tethered to the platform. And these creatures are just things you in your time in Wilderview have never really seen before. They are... Let me find them. This is such an in-joke. I almost feel bad that they're canon. 
They're like huge blocks of ice, but they seem to have mammoth-like tusks breaking out from the front. And little, like, long, strong feet at the bottom of the block of ice. You cannot see inside it, though, so you're not sure if this is a literal mammoth in a block of ice, or if this is a block of ice creature. You're just really not sure. <laughs> but the affectionately deemed mammoth cubes, god, <laughs> uh, just seem to be almost harnessed at different points of this platformed cabin. Uh, I think Cyrene will, um, oh, oh, this will be an interesting one. No, that's, trying to figure out if, if they were actually water-based, if they would count as sea-based life, but that seems like a stretch. So um, I think she will just see if there is a way to approach the cabin without necessarily getting too close to these mis mystery creatures and um, sort of knock on the door and see if there's anybody home. You, the way up is rather tall, you know? And there isn't much of a threat there. In saying that, I'm going to hop back to the other three for a moment, Car. Mm -hmm. uh, Percy, Bonesy, and Karina, you have kind of given them a, a, you know, five minutes, you know? <laughs> it's starting to get weird that they're gone, if that makes sense. I I started out a thing I was I was uh, thinking be um I think as um bon <coughs> sorry as Bonesy's is prepping this he takes out a frying pan that has a noticeable dent in it like as in like he had to defend himself with it <laughs> and he looks over to Percy and goes uh, uh Percy uh could I maybe a little assistance on this. <laughs> he holds out the pan. Did you try and say something? Because it kind of cut out for a second there. Can't hear Percy. Nope. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I was go. waiting. I was waiting for Bouncy because he just took out the frying pan and. Oh yes, very nice. Oh, uh, Bonesy said there was a dent in it and asked if you could help with the dent, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, personally, we'll just kind of look at it. Um, kind of <clears throat> kind of push uh, kind of push it back into place, I guess, or where the dent is push uh, 
push toward the middle to make it even. Okay. Uh, do you want to roll with maybe one of your just like? Do you have anything strength based, or do you think I can also allow a tinkering based roll to just see how effective you are at this? Um, I mean, it's kind of primitive, but maybe tech savvy, just because how something works. You know, if it's a frying pan with a dent in it, I'll allow it. And a dent is definitely a face shaped. <laughs> oh boy! So that is a twenty-six. You, with relative ease, just push it back into place and hand it back to Bonesy, almost like. I don't want to say dismissively, but just very like, okay, that job is done. Back to the new job, you know? Uh, Back for waiting for my friend. You know, I'm just kind of worried. Yeah. Uh, Karina. You are probably the most affected by how long Cyrene is taking because you are hungry. (laughs) You know? Uh, What is Karina going to do? Um, I mean, um, yikes, it's like, so she would have been lost in thought a bit, you know, but mm-hmm. then her stomach would, uh, remind her that she was in a, uh, situation so she would see that they're fixing the pan and but really wondering if they're actually going to use the pan or not but then realize that her uh that serene is uh hasn't come back and she will look at the at percy and bonesy and ask them if you know it, it has been a bit too long right um do you think she might Need help. Hmm. Well, possible. I mean, we are out in the cold, and there's a there's a lot of animals out here that like to blend in and get a little sneaky. That sounds a bit dangerous. Could we maybe look out? Like, yeah, sorry. For her? She is no stranger to the trouble, but that said, if she went into the water to look between him and Bones, might pose a problem. I am Pot Machine and our Bodhi friend over there, well, Bones. I feel like at this bonesy would consider this and think and try to take a a long look around, trying to see if he notices anything because he does have an eye for details. Roll with it. All right. All right. (laughs) That's a seven, a one, and a six. (laughs) You start looking out, you know, 
and you're just like, wait, I think I see. Oh, no. Like, what you thought was, like, maybe someone in the distance, you know, was actually just a elongated shadow of a regular old snow hare that just kind of looks at you for a moment and just hops away. It's just funny. And that distracts you long enough that you've kind of you know what I mean? Just, huh, hyper-vigil. Ooh, a bunny! Yeah, I feel like Bonnie's like, oh no, I've fallen to the snow blindness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Karina, you kind of look with Percy and see that Bonesy has said they have fallen to the snow blindness and is staring at Bonnie. <laughs> Uh, You'll take a look around too. I'll roll an observant check real quick. Go for it. You got a 12. You think you see something in the distance, like a silhouette of some kind? It may be a building, you know, like it's tall enough to match that. But you're not quite sure exactly what it is, you know? Yeah. It just doesn't look like a ice hill or anything like that. Yeah, Percy's going to point toward him like, huh, perhaps, perhaps we should go this way. You know, maybe maybe there's some people over there who can help us, at the very least. It I, it doesn't quite look like a building, but, you know, we never know. He's going to start walking toward that, toward that direction. Just gets up and starts moving? Yep. He, he's made a relentless discovery, if you will. Okay, good. Just gets up and instantly starts heading over. Karina, Bonesy, there's still food frying in this pan. What do you do? Are you going to follow Percy, or are you going to wait for food? I th- I think Bonesy would stay if... Um... Sorry, I'm trying to remember names. The other, the other person who's staying behind is going to stay just because he knows Percy is... Um, tough as steel, or whatever the that. Well, well, he he thinks that, and he thinks, wait, is that a? He thinks it's a wait. Is that? Um, is that like? I don't want to. He's he's struggling from it because he's trying to think. He's considering like, wait, is that like a bad thing to say about a constructed? I'm not sure. <laughs> They're like. I can be made out of all kinds of things, but yeah, he would stay if they would stay just because he's tougher than Bonesy because Bonesy could be knocked over with a bowling pin. Yeah. So safety in numbers for the for the for the squishy and the stick man. Fair enough. Uh, Krina, what are you gonna? Are you gonna go or are you gonna stick around by the fire? I'm 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 sorry. Uh, so they'd uh, they'd Bonesy go with Percy. Bonesy is waiting on just basically. Bonesy is waiting. Bonesy is trying to see if you stay or go. All well. right. So Karina is going to like look at him and kind of like make puppy eyes because she's hungry. <laughs> and he will like try to, you know, with only her, um, only like. 
without saying it because she's shy to, to say it. But, you know, she's going to be like, please stay because I'm hungry. <laughs> I think Solenty nods and starts taking out some of the cashews and breaking them into the food, breaking the shells and putting them into the food. Because he did say it was going to make some kind of cashew chicken thing. Okay. Um, jumping back to uh, Cyrene for a second. Uh, as you get closer and closer to this uh, building, you start to notice a few more details that kind of give you just a bit more ease in what you're doing. Uh, there's... It looks like there's someone outside. Uh, cutting down some trees for firewood, seeming relatively calm. This person that you see is, well, about eight feet tall. <laughs> um, and they're just cutting down at trees. And it just seems like this person or people, who can't be sure, just really made a home out of this place. Uh, Cyrene's like tummy growls a little bit, like because she definitely burnt off like a lot more energy swimming uh to get here. So she's just sort of like, well, I have to get something for me and Karina. Might as well say hello. Uh, and she'll approach and from a what she determines to be a reasonable distance from an eight-foot-tall being with an axe, um, she is going to hail them and um, say hello and see if they speak the same language that she does. Yeah, so as you get closer and you hail them over, you start to see more of them. They're a sight, massive at eight feet tall. Their chest is a barrel, cut at an angle and reattached in the heart shape. Shoulders are made of log that go beyond his neck and face, and mostly covered by thick, bushy, soft pine needles. Otherwise, there seem to be metal components and a beanie, flannel shirt, baggy pants with a sash at the waist, and a big pair of boots. It is a created, like your friend Percy. Except, just a very different vibe. <laughs> as it, very like, tall as vibe. Very tall vibe. As it, like, chops. About, like, just starting this next tree, it hears you, like, seems to just automatically retract the axe and put it at their side, and in a way that's, like, not, like, ready, just, like, resting, you know? Then, giving a little spin to where you are, just goes, oh, hello, I didn't, I must have not seen you come in. Uh, are you new to these parts? I thought I knew everyone around here. Very new, super new. Just arrived like today. I think it's today. Yeah, uh, with some friends. Just a slight nod. Um, well, let me be the first to welcome you then. Thank you very kindly. Uh, I hate to bother you just after meeting you, but um, part of the reason I was out wandering was because, well, me and one of my 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 teammates are very hungry and we didn't actually have the supplies to sustain us until we found something else. I was wondering if I could trouble you for just a little bit of food and then, you know what? 
I think you would actually really like my team. So like I could come bring them by to say hi, or you know, one of you can come say hi if you want. I don't know. I just like saying hi sometimes. Yeah. Uh, she's a little awkward at first meetings. They they hear this and they seem to like ponder for a moment, you know? Uh as they do, they you hear uh you hear someone fall from a tree and they seem to just do like a loud shout, you know the one, as they jump. And they land on this created's back, dangling their legs behind them playfully. And you see, give me a moment, I need to go up to where they are. Um, a creature, well, I don't think you've ever seen someone like her before. Uh, but out of character, this is a Yeti. Out of the three new wintry races, a Yeti is the closest to the one on the left. Far left. With like the white fur and the spikes. Uh, she's tall, uh, but thin. About six and a half feet. And boundlessly energetic. Uh, as she just does this jump onto the back of the created, they're just like, you have friends? We, have, we haven't met people here in so long. Ah, We should go and we should let them stay. We should let them say hi. And they seem to be talking more to the created than you. And the created just kind of looks and just goes, I was about to say, Prilla, that they would be ha- I'd be happy to share food with them. Why would I not be? <laughs> and they're just like, well, you're just such a stickler all the time. I just figured it was a safe guess to check. Uh, and Prilla then just kind of gets off of this person's back and asks, so where did you say you were? Uh, your friends were? Well, we're back that ways, and um, Cyrene uh, points uh, mm-hmm. in the general direction. And by now, Cyrene is starting to like shiver fairly violently because she's losing what little remains of her body heat yeah. rapidly. Yeah. Um, so sh- her teeth are starting to chatter a bit. Um, I, I, I ha- kind of have to get back to them because I, I need to let them know that I'm okay. But um, also, I gotta get back to them so that I am okay because it is very cold out here. Logan uh, just kind of goes, "Why don't you come inside? We can take care of transportation, no problem." And from like the second floor of the house, the door swings open, and some uh, the window swings open. There's like a wooded window, and someone who looks more like the second image—they're a brownie, just kind of like has these stretchy, you know, like, the toy stretchy arms? Like, yes. their arms stretch out like that and pull their little body out, and they just go, Did you hear that, boys? It's time for a ride! And as they say that, the ice cubes kind of, like, steady up. And uh, the Yeti just kind of goes, You may want to go inside. <clears throat> you need to warm up, and we can take care of the travel for you. Those are so cool. That would be awesome. Uh, you should probably let them know, like, because I think they might be worried. So you might just want to be like, "Oh, you're coming with us." Oh, good. Thank you. Just step inside. Trust us. 
don't know if uh, Cyrene would actually fully trust them to go inside without, like, because right now I think Cyrene doesn't have um, her pack or anything, so she's currently weaponless, and there's an increasing number of people. Yeah. Uh, Oaken just kind of goes, don't mind those two. They're basically my siblings. I don't know. I really want to be there and let my friends know I'm okay. Oh, we'll get there. Uh, Perrin just kind of goes, let's just drop the pretenses. Show them what we can do. And the brownie nods and just kind of pulls out a little slide whistle. And Oaken just kind of uses their axe to cut one seemingly couple strands of rope. And it's at this moment that you realize this cabin is designed to basically double as the biggest, most extra sleigh you've ever seen in your life. Oh, that is so cool. <clears throat> the, I, need to, I need to figure out how this works, how everything works. Yes. You'll have to tell me everything on the way. Uh, and, just kind of nods and just goes, as the architect of the wandering cabin, I can absolutely do that for you. Oh my god, Percy is gonna love you. <laughs> uh, the Yeti just kind of says, Oh, that small fire pit would be them, right? Pointing out in the far distance with like a little a little eyeglass that they have, you know. That should be them. I swam for a bit to get here. A and fish told me where you were. It was awesome. They were, oh, they were super cool. The brownie just kind of looks down and says, See, I told you talking to the animals was a good idea. <clears throat> and they just kind of the Yeti and the Brownie just kind of have this back-and-forth banter as they close the door and let you in, you know? Just very little little siblings bickering with each other kind of banter. And you go inside, and it is very cozy. Like, very wood cabin, nice rug, you know? A a well-stocked kitchen. Place just seems like a home away from home for you. Well, a little less metal than you would be privy to, and a little less water. But, like, it'll do, you know? We're close enough to the water that, like, Irene's like, if I need to, I can call to it. Okay. Still technically okay. And as you kind of step in, the Yeti just goes, you might want to grab onto something. As the creatures start moving, and granted, it's not very quickly. Well... Hmm. It's not it's not like 30 miles an hour quickly. You're not gripping at something for dear life as you're being pushed by these creatures. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like you're moving and you're seeing like you get closer and closer to this fire pit. And that's when I'm going to jump to Percy. Percy, you are wandering, you know. Sun is kind of starting to go down. It's kind of annoying, you know. You're losing some light. It's the winter area. It's not great. And you noticed very quickly that your other friends stayed behind you. Yeah. Oh, oh, well. As you creatures, you know. Um, he's gonna stop for him. He's just gonna kind of stop where he's at. Um, just kind of hold his uh, staff close to him. 
and it's getting that you remember following that building you were looking for the building you were looking to get close to it and now you realize it's coming at you <laughs> that silhouette in the distance oh. getting closer Um, yeah, I guess I guess you're not one to to waste movement. He's just gonna he's just gonna I guess kind of wait for it to come to him. Yeah. These you start you start seeing the things that Cyrene has already seen, the large brick creature things, uh, and this house sled house carriage. It's odd. It's a cabin put on the stilt and being pulled by these creatures, and. And the top window, almost like as a seat with where reins would be if this was a regular carriage, but without any, is that character who I mentioned before looks most like the second image. Very small. We're talking like halfling gnome-ish. Maybe a little shorter than that, you know? But they seem to have very elastic-y plastic man proportions as they're able to like swing their arms all the way out to the creatures and tap them on the head, just call them good, you know, good boy, and then just swing their arm right back to regular proportion. And you kind of see all of this as one scene as they stop suddenly, and she just, that little uh, fae-esque creature just kind of jumps on the windowsill of this big alcove on the second story and just goes, are you, are you with the water one? The the water one. What exactly do you mean? Uh, she's about like stretches their legs to get up to about uh, Cyrene's height. But yay big. Uh, ain't wearing uh too many layers. Very drenched. Said something about food and uh fish following them or leading oh. them? I didn't catch too much of it. Did she have pointed ears? They look at their own ears and just like, yep, and just kind of wiggle them. Oh, you must see. This is seen Cyrene. That's their name. I should have asked. <clears throat> uh, one of these creatures just gets a little bit closer and like, hey, Chunk, they're, they're a friend. They're a friend, buddy. And they elasticate their arm to like pat the cube of ice. It's like, there, there, buddy. You know? What's your name? Uh, my name is uh, Perceptive Echo... Um, Perceptive Echo... Uh, ro- ro- roaming Condor Youth, or Percy. There's, like... the As you go through your acronym, you watch their eyes dilate. <laughs> Just like... Uh... <laughs> you know? And then hearing Percy, they snap back to him like, all right, Percy. Uh, well, your friend was looking for all of you. Well, kind of looking for all of you. They knew where you were, I guess. I didn't catch too much of the conversation. Um, but you're welcome to come inside for some warmth. Okay. And he goes inside. You just kind of like hop onto the platform and just enter through the door. Almost as if this was a regular building. And then, as soon as you do, you see Cyrene just kind of, like, sitting at a table, maybe kind of gripping the chair, but that's, like, the most steadying they need. At this point, Cyrene, they've already given you, like, a cup of hot cocoa, and you're already kind of resting your feet, you know? 
I am absolutely asking as many questions as I can about the house. And then like when I see Percy, I'll just be like, oh my God, this house is so cool. Yes, yes it is. I'm just gonna kinda look around. Uh Percy, as you walk in, a few little creatures kinda like scurry to you curiously. Um let's see, where am I looking? Uh yes. These are small ferret like creatures. Uh that are white at the moment. Um and they all kinda seem to run around your feet, you know. And the Yeti character who uh, Cyrene met, who Cyrene has now gotten the name Prilla out of, uh, is just like, oh, these are the, these are our other friends. Don't mind them. They're just, they like new people. One of them is absolutely on uh, the table, kind of observing Cyrene too, you know? And Percy, it's at this moment you see this eight-foot-tall created with, like, lumberjack vibes. <clears throat> and it just kind of like they just kind of look at you, just go, "Oh, another created in the in the tundras. That's new. Welcome." Yeah, thank you. Please take a seat. I was just informing your friend about uh, how we built this place. Interesting, and he does. So jumping back to Karina and Bozy, uh, <clears throat> Bozy, what have you made Karina to eat? I have made a uh, cashew chicken rice mix with uh, touch up bar. I want to. I don't know if barbecue sauce exists in it, but it's. It you know what? I'll allow it. I'll canonize it. Sure, why not? <clears throat> yeah, it uh, does sweet. now. It's a uh, sweet and tangy barbecue. I want to say like Carolina style. And it's mixed in with some rice. Uh, there's probably some greens, probably some uh, uh, fee, uh, dry, dried onions, that kind of thing. It's pretty good. So, Karina, I'm imagining you're kind of like, there's enough here that you can kind of dance around the chicken, you know? But, um, you know, she was used to such lean and plain food in, in you know, her further that when she tastes tastes it is like you can see her eyes like wide and shine like what is this it's so amazing (laughs) she would like just eat the whole thing without really realizing like she would you know space out and eat the whole thing without even remembering she was vegetarian (laughs) she'd be like oh no and then feel horrible she smiles and goes that's the power of flavor (laughs) As soon as you say that, Bonesy, and you two kind of have this moment, um, you both hear, like, it would sound like a sleigh moving closer, except much bigger and with a lot of, like, animal noises, you know? And it sounds like whatever this cacophony of noise is, it is getting close. Oh, boy. Um, I want to look around. (laughs) Yeah, I think Karina t- would too, and she has the observant yeah, attribute. So, hopefully, I do better this time. Is I'm I'm looking for details. <laughs> oh, I got an eleven. 
Well, I got a one, but at a plus side, I got put one in one of the dice, but in a plus side, the other one was 11, so that's a 12. You both are a little bit blindsided, you know? You're, like, looking almost out of fear, because what is that, you know? So you don't really get the time to get a full picture in, as storming up to you are all of these mammoth cubes, pulling a big-ass house with that little brownie character who, I guess, out of game, in character, they haven't given their name yet, but uh, their their name is find it why am i lost it uh their name is jacka <clears throat> so she kind of like looks at you all as soon as you get close and then just are you uh hmm are you missing your two friends by chance uh uh, yes. Right. Yes. Oh, it's you two. Okay, and then like instantly sees Karina and just goes, "Oh, you, poor dear, you're the one who needs food. Come on inside." Sure. <laughs> like, uh, she wouldn't like want to be rude, so she won't say that she just had a whole bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bonesy, they're just like, you can come in too. I didn't mean to deny you. Just you know, don't want someone who don't someone don't want someone who gets frostbite to get frostbite. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I, I I totally understand. And I think he picks up all his stuff quickly and comes in. The the house kind of lowers once, like right in front of where you used to be, and. Uh, as you guys walk in, Jekka just kind of says, well, we made it. We can either head back to where we were, or we can pitch it here for the night. What do you guys want to do? And you think they're talking to another person, but then you hear the like the creatures just kind of grunt back, and she says, okay, okay. Ah! They're kind of lazy today, and they just jump from their spot, and they seemingly in a few seconds appear in this front room. And just kind of look to this big created and just go, uh, the boys seem a little tired today. Do you think we could pitch it here for the night? And Oaken, the creator, just kind of shrugs. He's like, that's fine. It doesn't matter much. You know? He's like, besides, we have another guest today anyway, so I believe we have, have had quite a busy schedule. <clears throat> the three now together, as you guys reunite, just kind of take a little bit of a backseat and let you guys talk for a second because it has been a bit since your party has been out you know but uh for karina and for bonesy and percy very nice place wooden everything you know uh wooden everything very just very cozy winter vibes in this place some nice books uh a, a nice long table and it's clear that this place is meant as their as their home, you know. Interesting. Though I, I do I do have a question though. Be I do have a question for a fellow player. With how fast the food was eaten, is do they just have like kind of like uh like you know like when people eat ribs or dogs like the 
the face, just like the barbecue around the face a little bit, or just from the description. It's something I'm just curious for my own, how I'm picturing the scene. Uh, Karina, I think that's your call. Okay, sorry, I didn't hear what the. No, it was. Uh, <laughs> no, they. Yeah, no, that's up to you because you ate so fast. I guess they're wondering if you look like like when you've just eaten like greasy, oh, okay. food, you know. Yeah, like uh, I think she would have you know smears on her face from eating so fast because she's usually very like oh slow at eating and. Ceremonious, and right now she wasn't, <laughs> so <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> cool. Um, Rebecca the brownie just kind of goes, Well, help yourself, we definitely have enough for snacks. Uh, and well, we could just sit around and talk, it's been a while since we've had guests, and then uh. Oaken, the creator, just kind of goes, except for the one that's been staying here. And the brownie just kind of shrugs and goes, she's basically family at this point, Oaken. And they're just like, no. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. They're just kind of bantering amongst themselves the way people who are roommates would. But you four also kind of are given a bit of space at the moment while the three get to, like, Making you stuff and preparing space for you for the night, you know? Um, Cyrene, like, turns to them and is like, I'm so sorry that took so long. Uh, but I did find food, technically. The fish found food, actually. Uh, I should probably get my stuff from outside. Runs out, grabs her stuff, and comes back. Yeah, now that they've, like, pitched this spot, like, it, there's no, like, jump from the platform to the floor. It's just, it's almost like they've just thought, of, they've just up and moved their house right here, you know? As a concept, that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, Cyrene will turn to um, uh, Karina and be like, you have got to try their hot chocolate. It is really, really good. Really tasty. Really warms you up, too, which I definitely needed. Alright, I'll, I'll try this hot cho chocolate. You said? Yeah. Like she had never had her <laughs> in her life. The, the Yeti girl uh, just kind of perks an ear and just goes, just like jaw on floor, just You've never had hot chocolate? And they almost sound like so sad at this. Prilla looks like Prilla looks like you've just said that Santa isn't real. You know what I mean? Like she looks devastated. Like never had hot chocolate? The place I lived in had very limited resources. We we try to just, you know, eat as least as little as possible. So you watch that sadness morph into determination as she just goes well then you're getting the best cup of hot chocolate you've ever and then <laughs> kind of goes and says well realistically you could give them the worst hot chocolate in the world and they'd be the best they've ever had shut up brother 
and they just run to get like pots and stuff together. <laughs> She's determined to make you the pit of chocolate. <laughs> oh, now I'm craving one. <laughs> I know, and I I need to make hot cocoa shortly. <laughs> Dang it, uh, Percy. I think uh, you have been very. I feel it. This place, like the the way this place runs, seems like something that would interest Percy. Yeah, he's just quietly observing and kind of taking notes. He's yeah. not really interrupting or or prodding with any questions or anything like that. Maybe just kind of walking, I guess, next to whoever is operating something, just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, how's that work or stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay, this very happy to tell they're just like they've put so much effort into this and uh jekka and prin seem to be the only other people who really appreciate it you know so they're very happy to explain their secrets to you and just like oh you know well we use this and this to do that <laughs> you know uh Any any other things the party want to do, or can we kind of jump ahead to you guys getting food? Or, well, well, this is kind of awkward for poor. <laughs> this is kind of awkward for poor Karina because they, the the wandering ta- the the wandering hut crew are definitely making you guys food because they're just like that. But <laughs> you have just eaten. This is you know. They would have 100% also asked, like, dietary needs. So when they heard vegetarian, they're like, okay, then, so, like, prep something accordingly, you know? Probably a very light but nice salad. She's going I, to I, try to eat it all because, you know, she was taught that, you know, if they're giving you food, they're doing, like, a sacrifice. So you should take it and not leave anything. So she's going to, like, try to eat every last bite and suffer so much from it. Oh. <laughs> I, I think that Bonesy seeing this would um say what we're walking with um say like ah oh, I've been taught to have a little bit of hospitality and uh, just a little thanks for uh, helping helping us out and he takes a a jar out of his bag that just says uh, as a as a cartoon picture of himself just like back like like the lit like uh like I I I know I know there's a phrase for it like the I think it's Chef's Kiss, but I might be wrong. Okay, yeah, now I know what you're talking about, yeah. And it just says Bonesy's Bold Blend, and it's a, it's a jar of the barbecue sauce he used for the previous, another jar of the barbecue sauce from the previous meal. So for Karina or for the hosts? For our hosts. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> if Karina wants them, he, he has another jar. No, she's like trying to avoid more food than she can eat. Uh, I think actually also like if um since Karina has probably at least traveled long enough with um Cyrene that uh Cyrene would either note that she's not eating a lot or um Karina would know that she could offer Cyrene her food. And like Cyrene is a like just eats at all times as if she's never gonna see another meal. Uh, <laughs> and so she will she will eat until they stop feeding her just about like very much like a goldfish. 
<laughs> so every so often, like a little bit more of like Karina's food ends up on Cyrene's plate, and like Cyrene's like, "Oh my god, it's my favorite." <laughs> yeah, so Karina's gonna like you know when the hosts aren't looking, going to shove a bit of food on Cyrene's plate. <laughs> Like, gone before they could even turn around. Like... <laughs> so, uh, as everyone preps, you just hear uh, the Yeti girl call up the steps and just shout, dinner's ready, you know? And uh, someone steps down the stairs very quiet, and they look almost... I'm going to say this is the closest match. Like, Exactly like the far right image, uh, this blue-skinned elf with very pinkish hair and kind of this like different colored streaks, you know. And as she kind of steps down, she just kind of gives a soft nod to them and just sits. But Karina, as soon as they see you, they seem intrigued, for lack of a better word, and just like nice dinner is happening. Uh, Percy and Oaken are talking schematics, you know. Uh, and it's this nice moment, and finally this elf woman kind of looks at Ukraine and goes, May I ask a question? Um, of, of course. They just kind of like observe you up and down and just go, What brought you out to a dangerous place like this? You don't seem the adventurer type. And like she she looks a bit embarrassed and like she's also like full of still the barbecue sauce in her <laughs> face. So she, yeah, she doesn't look like an adventurer at all. <laughs> and she's like, uh well I uh I'm on a trip of self discovery. I I have a lot of things to think about and I thought this would be a good idea. Um why is this like a very dangerous place to be in? She looks worried. She shakes her head and just goes, "No. I just curious." And then after a few more bites, she just kind of adds, "You uh uh I guess you could say that I'm in a similar place. Uh, elves from the tundra, like me, are all very transfixed on the lights in the sky. We have a belief that if we follow them to their origin, that we'll find a place for us. She says this kind of like amidst dinner, you know? Mm -hmm. I lost my way, if you will, while looking in. I've been here. These kind of people have been towsing me while I uh, make some decisions. If chasing the lights is really what I'm supposed to do, you know, those kind of thoughts. And I don't know, just something about you gave off a, gave off an energy and I thought I'd found a kindred spirit. So thank you for proving me right. Well, um, if you need to talk a bit more about what's troubling you, um, I can, you, you can talk to me and I can give you any 
um, you know, any wisdom from my religion, if if you'd like. They kind of nod, just go, I'm not looking for something new to believe in, but advice would be, well, advice would be nice. Maybe after dinner we can talk. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> Bonesy, uh, Jekka is in love with your barbecue sauce. They are so happy and they are asking you all sorts of questions, you know? And, oh. uh, Cyrene, I think the Yeti Prilla is like just wanting your stories. They want to hear about like cool things you've built, you know? Prilla and Jekka are very energetic youngins, so <laughs> uh, new people just fascinate them. If there were any questions just about like Cyrene herself, like she's not used to people really wanting to interact with her that way, so she would have probably not joined in, but as soon as they ask her anything about like the stuff she's found, the cool stuff she's built, like that she'll talk forever about. Yeah. Okay. Um, since we've gone a little bit over time, I think that a nice note would be that Oaken, at the end of the night, kind of lets you know that there's beds for you all, and that uh, basically the traveling hut can basically act as your base of operations for your continual travels. They'd be willing to Travel with you, basically, using the... The creatures are called the Remnifents, by the way. Using the Remnifents to get you where you want to go. And if that's a nice place for everyone, we can kind of call the night with you all basically making some new friends and one day soon, traveling further into the snows with a whole crew of awesome creatures and some wintry buddies. <laughs> I, I I did have one small thing. I think Bonzi just explaining no, basically is saying he he's kind of explaining how since he didn't have taste buds, it took a lot of experimentation to get it just right. <laughs> and he, anything he learned from it that is you'll have a lot of failures before you'll have a success in life. You, every failure is a success because you have successfully ruled something is not gonna work. Yeah. I think Jekka just kind of says, while you're staying with us, you gotta, maybe we can work together on making some new food. Hmm? I, I'd appreciate, i very much appreciate that. Awesome. Everything, well. everything does require a lot of trial and error, but it cuts down on it when you got a buddy. <clears throat> so, um, I just want to um, add a bit here. Uh, Karina would be very curious about uh, this uh, new oh, character. Yes. I, and, you know what? I, I'm down to th throw a little scene there if that's cool with you all because I I think I think I kind of left that on a cliffhanger but this is a one shot I feel kind of bad about that so if you want yeah. with everyone we could let that scene play and then call it there. Uh, the elf's name is Rina by the way. R-I-N-A. Alright. Uh, Cyrene I think they've let you in on the schematics along with Percy and I think in the morning, you two are going to help them trick this place out. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
and this yeti just is like Prilla the yeti is very intrigued by your creations and is like okay so how'd you make that and it's just basically kept you at this table for extra hours just like poking and prodding at whatever you brought with you you know and somewhere in all this I think uh I think Karina retires you know and heads up the steps and Rena is waiting and she just kind of smiles seeing you've actually shown up and just goes well uh Kind of didn't expect you to actually come. I mean, yeah, you did sound uh, troubled, and it's it's good to help other people. So if if you want, you can talk to me, and we can see if we can come together to a good cho- choice for you to continue your your journey here in this world. <laughs> she smiles a bit and just goes, Do you ever think that focusing on something for so long keeps you away from everything else? Um, and she kind of thinks back about how she was like uh, basically secluded in a very small area in a very with very selected people and not really um you know enjoying anything that was outside like she had never had chocolate and she was amazed by it the barbecue was like you know something she never even imagined <laughs> and like she doesn't want to get started with how you know houses moving were something that were possible <laughs> that was possible so she's like, um, yeah, I, I get that completely, actually. She nods and just goes, for a lot of Aurora elves, chasing the lights is a lifelong endeavor. We start in Ridgeport and we just keep going. One day, we believe we'll find that point, And if we don't, someone will pick up where we left off and someone will. That's been our belief since as long as the lights have been in the sky, for as long as any of us can remember. And... I didn't get lost. I I gave up. I realized I didn't I didn't want to just be a marker for someone. You know? Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if I made the right choice. I guess. Well, um most of us leave our whole lives just listening to what we should do and give so little thought about what we actually want. So it's, you know, it's very brave of you to have actually stopped and thought what you actually wanted. She smiles a bit at that. Just like, this might be the first time that action was called brave. Yeah, yeah, so that was just the first, like, you can get the sense that that, hearing that action called Brave, totally new, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I'm also trying to figure out my own path, and I've also been told what to do, and, well, luckily I have the choice, I mean, it's, it's not that weird for 
people like me to just decide to not be, um, you know, whatever they ask them to. But in your case, it's a bit more difficult because uh, you seem to have that as a chore. Is that right? It's... She kind of like... I think I just hold myself to it, you know? Like, I think about all people like me who devoted themselves to the lights, and I think about how if I don't continue, I... I don't know. I just don't want to think I'm letting people down. Yeah, I... I understand that. There's people that had, you know, their hopes on you and ideas of what you could become, but but in the end, you have to be okay with yourself. You have to be true to your own um, to your own soul, to your own heart, and know that Whatever you do, you have to do it for yourself and not for others. She smiles a bit and just kind of looks down at something and then just kind of hands you that same very kind of comically small and undetailed map, you know? And she points at, there's like a symbol of an elephant and like a couple like tower looking things and a hole in a mountain. She just goes, we don't tell people this much, but uh, those four spots, they're not just random doodles. Uh, they're little markers for a roundabout's location of, well, well, there isn't a consensus of what they're called. People call them temples, people call them trial grounds. All we know is that they've been here longer than we have, and while my family and everyone around me are so focused on chasing the lights and thinking that just following them will get us where we need to be. I'm convinced that there's more to these places. That if we go there and we learn about what's inside, that maybe we can, I don't know, find some answers? And I know it would be going against everything that has come before, but I think I'm I think I want to not be a wanderer and be an adventurer. Hmm. And it might be crazy, but I mean, we're we're in a moving building, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we have license to be a little crazy. I think you got you have a good plan, and you have a hunch. And you should follow it. Follow it. She just kind of looks and then almost very awkwardly just goes, Would you and your friends want to come with me? Um, I'll talk to them. We, we really don't have much of a plan. But I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask. All right. She nods and just kind of like looks at the map in like a very longing way and just goes, Thank you. I don't think I got your name. Uh, I'm Karina. Karina Ori. And you're? Uh, Rina. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> she just kind of like 
rolls up the map and just goes, let me know what you guys decide, because I have the unenviable task of trying to rope in the the two children and the robot. <laughs> but I think if we all work together, I think we'd figure out some pretty cool stuff. Sounds, it sounds really interesting. Like she's like starting to get deep in thought, wondering if she could find some answers as well. I mean, I've got the lore and you've got the wisdom. We might be able to make something cool happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let me know. And she just kind of like instinctively just rolls onto their bed in a very just like awkward this conversation is done sort of way, you know? Uh, Karina, you probably head back down the stairs, see Bonesy and uh, Cyrene being pestered by the two children. Uh, are you going to talk to them? Um, I'm going to be... I'm going to more like uh, approach them, mm -hmm. ask them if they have a minute, like whenever they have time, I would like to talk to them. And maybe we could, you know, I could tell them next session about this. Yeah. Okay. So we can probably call it at this like kind of cool moment. Um, let me do the official ending stuff. Okay. Uh, and that'll be where we call the session for the playtest. Thank y'all so much. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed the story a lot, actually. Um, the wandering cabin concept was thrown in by our own Goggle. Just kind of came up with it on the fly, and I love it so much. Uh, for the I know Al had to leave early because they had to go to bed, but uh, Car, Pimal, and uh, Rackham, would you like to tell us where they can find you? Um, if you want, I can go first. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Um, so uh, you can find me at pmal underscore comics uh, on Twitter, or uh, you know my brand. Let's let's call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's and you can find everything I do if you just Google it. Papelkami. It's like papel in Spanish, and alchemy like like alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's not very easy to pronounce, but yeah. If, if you check my Twitter, I'm, like, there all the time. So, yeah, basically yeah. there. Cool. Uh, Car, would you want to tell people where they can find you if you want to be found? <laughs> <laughs> Wondering. Um, yeah, I'm at Carby Beep, K-A-R, and then Beep spelled twice, on t uh, Twitter and any other social medias that I forget that I have an account on. Um and then I'm not the most active person, but I did want to plug um, my uh, girlfriend's upcoming um, femme-focused talk show about TTRPGs and the folks who play them. Uh, it's on uh, Twitter as at T 
E-A-T-R-P-G underscore. Um, and it's a really cute, cool um, show that is having its um, first episode on January 31st. I'm really excited. I would love to chat with people in the chat on it. Awesome. That's really cool. And uh, Phantom. Uh, I can be found at Dungeons and Pop or at Dungeons. Uh, let me try to get the right address because I think it's dungeonsandpop.podbean.com. Uh, Twitter account for the podcast is also Dungeons Pop. And we can also be found on the Cast Junkie server. Awesome. A lot of fun things. You have like a, a basically a Power Rangers D and D campaign, a bunch of Monster of the Week, and even some uh, segments where one of our player, a couple of our players, actually build monsters. That's really cool. Alrighty then, and you can find us. Uh, well, frankly, if you're listening to this, you found us. So, <laughs> um, but we can be found. We have a mainline podcast that is a group of characters going into the world and traveling on their own. Unlike these one-shots, the podcast crew get like, I don't know, I love I love these kids a lot. They're going through mainland World Revere right now, but these are a great way for me to show other places of the, you know, of the world that we haven't get, gotten to yet. But uh, that is just the World of World Revere podcast that releases every, Wednesday, every other Wednesday. Uh, I think by the time you will listen to this one, it will have come back from winter break because I think we're coming back on the 27th. Yes. Okay, so the 27th is going to be our first day back. So at that point, by the time you listen to this, every other Wednesday, expect a new episode. That's really fun and exciting. Um, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, and we will talk to you all later. <laughs>